before we begin, we have Jessie Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jessie, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. So this week, we are so excited to announce our first master article. So what we've done is we had thousands and thousands of amazing coaching content and articles. And we said, you know what, let's make this easier on our followers, our readers, and let's create master articles on each topic. So you can essentially find whatever you're looking for in one place. Users are are pretty used to seeing daily updates from us, oftentimes multiple updates a day, like you know, three, four articles a day we've been doing for years. So now talk a little bit about the frequency of these master articles and like what mm-hmm. this master, what the first master article is. So the re- one of the reasons why we're going away from that three to five times a day model is because the internet is changing, right? Like there's so many algorithms that are making it more difficult to find this content. So to make it easier, to make it streamlined, to make sure that you're able to find everything you need, we've totally revamped our article structure. And we are going through different topics. Pageant interview is the first. So we'll talk about that in a sec. We're going to go through pageant makeup, pageant hair, pageant evening gown, et cetera. And like the list goes on and on. So any major topic you can think of in pageantry, you will start seeing these master articles cranked out every few weeks until they're all done. So if you have a thought for a master article that you are not seeing covered, just go ahead and drop us a line, message us on Facebook, on Instagram, email us, whatever that is, and give us a suggestion and say, this is what I want to learn about. And we can certainly let you know if it's in the pipeline. Okay. So walk us through this master article. Does it read like a book? Um, like what kind of topics does it cover? How long is it? Kind of give them uh, an explanation. So it is extremely long, but I promise you it is user friendly. So when you get to the article and it's called how to succeed in pageant interview, FYI, uh, when you get there, there'll be like a table of contents and you kind of scroll through the table of contents like, and it says, um, what are the different formats of pageant interviews? So is it round robin, panel style, et cetera, or what color should I avoid in pageant interview or what colors work best? Those subtopics will be in that table of contents. So all you have to do is click on the subtitle that makes sense to you for your question, and it will bring you right to that spot. I mean, you certainly could read it like a book. It definitely like grab a cup of coffee and settle in because there's a ton of content. <laughs> but so it's it can work one of two ways. If you're a total newbie to the pageant scene and you just want to read it cover to cover, by all means, dive right in. But if you're just looking for a quick hitting answer, there's a way to do that too. Great. Um, all right. So how do they, how do they find you alluded to some of the topics? How do they actually find it on the website? Yep. So there's two different ways you can find it. The first is if you're listening to this podcast within about, um, a week or two of us of recording it, um, which is August 11th, um, you can just go ahead and do pageantplanet.com backslash article, and it will bring it right up. However, if you're listening to it after the fact, just search how to succeed in pageant interview in our search feature and it will take you to the article. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's backslash article or articles, plural. I think it's articles, plural. Um, but yeah, and it'll it'll pop right up. And yeah, our, our search right now is a little bit uh, inferior to those of you that are used to like Google. Um, so less keywords, the better. So like either search pageant interview or just interview, hopefully in a few weeks, that'll be tweaked to a lot better. Um, but that's where we are right now. 
So, and just to confirm, it is articles, plural. It is articles. Okay. So pageantplanet.com backslash articles, scroll down. If you're reading this with it or listening to this in the next few weeks, if it's a few months and you're listening to it at an oldie, but goodie, um, then you can just use our search tab and search, uh, uh, just pageant interview and it'll pop right up. There it is. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we're going to talk about how to stay calm during the pageant. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. So, Stephen, on its total raw form, today we are talking about nerves, how to control them, how to calm them, why they exist all about nerves. Oh, and like when nerves just pop up and you just get nervous or scared, it's such, it's never at a convenient time, right? No. Like why couldn't you just be nervous if you're just sitting at your house? (laughs) It's always when you're in front of a a group of people or when you need to think clearly, that's when it hits you. And it's just never at a convenient time. And like, can you think of the last time that you were nervous? Yeah, I can. I had to have a a tough conversation, let somebody go within our organization and conversations like that are just always tough. And I always get a bit um, anxious prior. So, and it, again, it's, it's more challenging to think clearly when you are nervous. I totally agree. And you know, for me, like my body, like I am cool as a cucumber when you're looking at me and not like looking too hard at me. When I get nervous, I get rashy Mm. and I don't show it in any other way when I'm anxious or stress except this like creepy red rash that just starts to like eke up my neck. It's like the grossest thing, but everybody's body and mind reacts to stress differently. Some people shake, you'll see it on stage people's legs shaking when they're nervous or they fiddle with their dress or with their hands or they touch their hair. I mean, there's so many different iterations of nerves and like, what's your nerve physical reaction? Ooh, um, most of my nervousness now at this stage of my life, it comes from conversations like whether if someone's being very aggressive at me um, like accusatory just like combative I have a tendency just to shut down like my mind it just goes blank and I want to respond like to carry on a conversation to get to the heart of it but it's almost just like a defense mechanism so I probably look like the biggest jerk ever because I'm just not saying anything and I'm just Mm -hmm. I mean Renata tells me I don't show a lot of emotions like when, when she and I are talking. <laughs> and so that combined with my lack of talking probably gives the illusion that I'm a jerk. However, my mind just turns off and it's just blank in there. And I can feel my heart racing really fast, but that's, yeah. So, but looking at me, you, you wouldn't tell probably. Oh, I totally agree. And for people like you and I who are constantly in high profile positions where we're speaking or we're teaching or we're leading, we are more capable of putting our nerves behind us and making them less visible to others or our emotions because we are conditioned to do so. So that's one of the things we'll talk about today is how do you get to a point where you are not showing all of your cards to the judges or other contestants when you are feeling nervous? Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head because we're in those situations a little bit more frequently than maybe somebody just starting off in their journey. So we have more opportunities to practice. And that's all that this is. 
as practice. Oh, for sure. So I want to talk about Stephen, like the three main reasons that pageant contestants get nervous. Because okay. um, I've kind of boiled it down to what I think the big three are that cause these nerves. All right. So what's the first one? So the first is very much an element of stage fright. And like public speaking is one of like the most popular fears of all people. I think it's like, is it above death? I couldn't remember. Do you remember? Yeah. And this is how I remember this is a borrowed saying what, what I'm going to share with you, but this is how I remember it. So more people are scared of speaking publicly than who are afraid of death. So at a funeral, someone would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Like if you break that down, somebody, yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, more people are scared of public speaking than they are death. And like, so because of that, you're not alone. And when you're on stage, all of these lights, these eyes, these judges are on you. So that's totally normal. So that's, that is the most obvious cause of nerves within your pageant experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the next one? Um, so the next is pressure. So pageant contestants spend countless hours preparing, getting ready to compete. Your friends and family have probably sacrificed for you to get, get there as well. And most of us like feel like that innate fear that we're going to let ourselves and others down, which is a huge weight to bear when we're not only bearing our own expectations and dreams, but we feel like others are expecting the same. And that can be debilitating in situations where um, everything's on the line and we feel like we have to deliver for them and we have to perform. And because of all of that pressure, it just kind of throws us off even when we prepared over and over again for the experience. Yeah. And that's a tricky one, right? Because it sneaks up on you. You don't really mm -hmm. know somebody is kind of putting their expectations on you until mm -hmm. you've already accepted their expectations as I need to fulfill on these or I'm going to let them down. And we, nobody likes to let down the ones that, that we love or even the ones that we look up to. Um, I, and sometimes it can happen spontaneous right there on stage. Like you, you're totally fine. You look out in the crowd, you see somebody that you didn't know was going to be there. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to do really good for them. I don't mm -hmm. want to look silly in front of, you know, fill in the blank at Joe Smith. Right. So, all right. So pressure, pressure. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a big one. And it's one of those things like we put it on ourselves. Sometimes our family, our family won't like, they'll be sad for us if we don't make the top or make the finals, but they're not going to be mad at us. So it's one of those things we just like, we put it on ourselves. Even if it's not there, we feel it. So yeah. it's a hard one to get over. So yeah. that was pressure. Okay. So the last one is like the uncertainty. It's a big question mark. You could be at your absolute best, you could perform your absolute best and still not win. And that's the subjectivity of pageantry. And like, you're trying to like, okay, will the judges like me? And like, more importantly, are they going to pick me? And that is over the top stressful. And the hardest thing is it's in someone else's hands. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, nothing. I mean, you can train but, and all that, but then at the end of the day, it's an opinionated sport. Yep. I, I met a, a pageant contender a few weeks ago and she has been the first runner up in three different national pageants. Stop it. Oh. Yes. Perpetual first runner up. And I can't imagine the amount of pressure, the amount of uncertainty, like all the things we just talked about, what 
that young woman must feel every time she steps on stage as a result. And she just has to put it behind her and like focus on what she's there to do. And she's an incredible performer. It's just a matter of like, okay, how do you have that resiliency to come back on stage? I mean, that's an, that's an incredibly strong testament to her willpower, her strength and like her willingness to prove herself. Yeah, it is. And I mean, there's two ways to look at it too. Like, Oh, she got first runner up versus uh, all these national pageants. And then again, there's like, wow, she's got like basically second place three times out of all these girls at three mm-hmm. different systems. Yeah. Uh, so, and really the only difference between a first runner up and a winner is, is basically the panel in mm-hmm. almost all cases. I mean, it's a, it's a few points here and there. Um, it rarely is it ever a landslide where one girl mm-hmm. is just like dominated and the, the second place girl didn't have a shot. It's n- almost never that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, the, those so I want to say one more thing about okay. that. All right. So, okay, you're competing against 100 women, let's say. Obviously, that uncertainty level we just talked about is sky high. But if you were comp- if you show up to a pageant and there's literally no one else in your age division, like, would you even be nervous at all? Hmm. And, like, it's a sure thing in that case, so you're not nervous. So you kind of have to find a mentality where, like, okay, I'm competing with myself. And we say that probably week after week after week. But, like, imagine how much more comfortable you'd be if that was your only competition. Right. And, I mean, that's the same way in life, too, right? It's mm-hmm. like it, so many of these skill sets that we're talking about in here and how to do with pageantry are applicable to every other aspect of, of your life. I mean, as soon as you start comparing yourself to other people or uh, putting too much pressure on yourself, you're, I mean, you're done. It's, yeah, it, it doesn't, it never works out. It never increases your performance. It's always kind of like puts it in the negative. Yeah. So all that said, we do get nervous. Clearly those three reasons are just three big reasons. I'm sure there are small ones here and there. And it's just like how much of a non-issue can we make our nerves? So what we did, Stephen, is once again, we pulled our Instagram audience for their best nerve calming strategies and we've picked what we would think as our five favorites okay so we've got the three main reasons why girls get nervous Mm -hmm. and then on our social media channels there's basically five tips from our social media followers who are saying how they deal with their nerves so give us the first one so strategy number one is look to faith or spirituality and um this is kind of a play on words because this tip came from faith allen who's the former VIP girl. Give it up for Faith. Love her. Um, So Faith says, I pray a lot every day leading up to the pageant, and I also take noise-canceling headphones to listen to ACDC and Blue Oyster Cult before I get on stage slash before interviews. So that cracks me up because Faith, I would never look at her and think ACDC, but we all have our things. But I want to focus on the first part. So she said she prayed a prays a lot every day. And I, I know her. I know her faith is important to her. So I want to talk about like how to use these strategies and how it helps. So that's how we're going to break down each of these tips. Okay. So w- what do you do? How do you pray? Yeah. So for, for many of us, like turning to our faith is a comfort, whatever your faith may be. So carve time out during your pageant experience to review a devotional. If that helps say a prayer, read a passage, any of those can center you and provide strength and confidence when you feel like you're out of control or out of your element. Mm. Now, how does Prayer, faith, I mean, faith is very important to myself. I know it is to you also. But how does it actually work? Well, I mean, that's an existential question, isn't it, Stephen? We could be here all day talking about it. But um, I think 
I, so I am a spiritual person, you know, this about me. And I think a lot about destiny, everything happens for a reason, all of that. And at my pageant, I went and I said, you know what, if I'm meant to be Miss International, it was decided for me the day I was born. Hmm. And when I trusted in that faith that like my destiny would be fulfilled, I'd be onto the next adventure, whether I won or I didn't win, like I believed that my faith would take over, my destiny would take over, and what's meant to be will be. And by trusting in our faith, if it's if it's the Lord and it's it's his plan, I mean, that's a, such a comfort to most people knowing that there's something else out here in the world no matter what happens today. Yeah. And I, is that I'm, how it works for you? It is. And that's the great thing about life is that life really doesn't have any meaning unless you ascribe meaning to it the same event can happen to you and i at the exact same time and we see this all the time with relationships or whatever and the two people walk away with two different meanings of that particular event i mean renata and i would go out and somebody will say something she's like oh my gosh did you hear what she just said i'm like no like didn't i mean she just said x and she's like yeah i know but i think she meant like i didn't i didn't get that um, and that's, it can be like role reversal too, right? Where I'm like, God, he took, came off as a total jerk. And she's like, mm-hmm. I didn't get that, right? So it's the same thing in life. And I just believe that God is conspiring for my success and that anything that happens to me is ultimately for my good to either teach me something to help me get to the next level or the thing that was denied me just wasn't for me. And that's just how I make sense of the life around me. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. always quote work (laughs) depending on my mindset um, of that particular day. However, longevity and broad strokes, it, it really helps to settle me down and and calm me into um, a groove that I succeed in. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I, someone gave me a a great gift when I was a title holder and it was, um, a daily devotional for the God's girl. And I was able to wake up every morning and read it. And it would give me a a sense of peace or calm before the day even started. So they have devotionals of different, every single faith, non-denominational, everything that exists. So if you are looking for that place to put your, your thoughts, your emotions that release, like by all means invest. That's great. All right, so that's strategy number one, uh, faith. What's strategy number two to help deal with um, calming your nerves? Yep, so strategy number two is family comfort or physical comfort. Okay, and who and does this, this come tip from? came, yep, this comes from Skull Girl 74, and she said, this takes me way back when I was in my teens. My chest would get hives on it, yes, preach girl, um, and my cute sweet mama would pop an ice pack on it, and they would go away before I hit the stage, and just want to touch on what she said next. She said, miss my mama so much, those good old pageant days, and mm-hmm. um, rest in peace to your mama, Skull Girl 74. That's very sweet. Thank you for sharing. Um, so when it comes to family and pageantry, there's always a positive and negative, so what you have to do is you first have to set boundaries leading into your pageant. Like I've experienced some families, they get into the competitive nature and they are like, can be overdramatic and they want to like feed into the frenzy of, Oh, this girl like shouldn't have won this preliminary. And they just kind of can cause more stress and more nerves because it's just not positive and helpful. Their role should be specifically like this, like skull girl 74's mama. Their goal should be to uplift you the entire time and to simplify your environment when you are um, outside of the pageant experience, like so you can just recharge and refresh. Mm, I like that setting boundaries with, with friends and family. That's good. 
Um, and but how does this help? How, yep. How does that help? So family becomes like our family, your friends, whoever that designated comfort zone is like, that is your safe place. Like be pampered without judgment vent. And like these people know you best. So they have no ulterior motives, just love. And you don't have to feel guilty. Just feel grateful. Uh, Because if you're spending time with other contestants, like, yes, you will absolutely form amazing bonds during your pageant experience, but there's nothing like the comfort of family and friends that just know you outside of this world that can provide something so different than being in pageant chaos. <laughs> pageant chaos. That's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I like that. It's really great. Okay. So what's strategy number three? Um, I love this one. Um, and I'll say it again a million times that I love this one, but um, strategy number three is the judge's mentality. And this comes from Laner Liss. And she says, I try to remember the judges want to see each girl succeed. Otherwise they wouldn't be there. Reminding myself of that helps relieve some of the pressure. They know contestants aren't perfect, even the ones that seem to be. So they're not looking for perfection. They want each girl to be herself in order to grow as individuals and help grow the organization. It took talking to former judges to realize how true it is. They're just as nervous as contestants sometimes. Hmm. Again, I love that. Yeah, that's Probably so good. Probably one of the wisest things I've read ever on our Instagram. I was so happy to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, how do, you, how do you implement this, Jesse? I mean, as a former title holder. Yep, so using this guideline, change your mentality. So instead of trying to live up to expectations or proving yourself, because we said that's one of the major causes of stress is living up to something. Let us remember like 99% of the time, the judges are real people with real jobs. Like they do not travel from pageant to pageant, judging people all of the time. They live a real life. Um, and they have like different occupations, different areas, areas of expertise. Like they were not born and bred to be professional pageant critics. They, they just were not. And they want to find someone that they like first and foremost. Like they want to connect with a contestant. And that is the like quickest way to the crown is to connect with the judge. And they also want to fulfill the requests of the director because um, the director will often guide a judge to let them know what they're looking for in the title holder. And it, it like just they want to find someone that makes them look good which means you can feel free to be yourself and let like just let them make the decision on their own. Yeah. And you and I have both been on judging panels and you mm-hmm. and I both know that, you know, sometimes you'll get a text like when nobody's in the room and it'll be like right before the person walks into the room or maybe the room is freezing or you want a coffee or you've got to use the restroom. So there's a lot of internal dialogue that's happening with the judges and, you know, so to say that and to really identify them as real people with real feelings, with real concerns of their own, it takes the mysticism away from it. And you're like, oh, okay, these judges, they basically just want to find the right girl for the for the pageant. And that's been my general experience in all the pageants that I've judged. It's like none of the judges are out to ostracize any particular contestant they really just want to find who they feel like is the best fit based on the criteria of the pageant and based on the criteria that the director laid out for everyone Mm, absolutely true and again it's just a matter of making connections that is the most important thing these pageants are real people they have real relationships and when i'm coaching contestants i'm constantly saying 
don't give me the perfect answer. Give me your answer. Give me something that nobody else can say that makes you unique. Because for example, if a contestant walks in and you say that you like to binge watch Netflix and your favorite show is, I'm going to use a made up show, well, a real show, but I'm going to make it up on the spot. Orange is the new black. I love Orange is the New Black. I'm immediately going to connect with you because I'm a real person that also loves Netflix. And we happen to like the same show. Immediately, your score goes up for no other reason that we have something in common. Yeah. Because we are we are people that have preferences and want to feel emotional connection. So good. Now, I, do we have anything else that you want to say about like how this helps? Or do you feel like yeah. you hit it? Well, I, I do want to say quickly, like, they're looking for like they're looking for your strength so focus like focus on those talking points that are your positives and stick to the main objectives that you have defined on your resume and your paperwork don't stray too far from that just stick to those things that make you unique and like just be comfortable being yourself and relying on what sets you apart yeah i like that because like a lot of the girls will say i'm not your typical pageant girl because you know, rather than just saying the things that make you unique or the things that you like, and then you prove that you're not the typical pageant girl because you say in interview, hey, I like to binge watch Orange is the New Black, you know, which I don't particularly. That wasn't like a show for me. But if Jessie was your judge, she would be like immediately connect with you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you never know what little details are going to spark a bond because if if I, if Steven asked a contestant, where's your favorite place to visit? And you said Boston, Massachusetts, like, even if you didn't know Steven, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I live in Boston. That's, that's where I'm from. Steven would connect. So those little, I call them. And when I'm working with contestants, I call them sprinkles because the way I say is like, okay, your answer is a cupcake. If you just give me like this run of the mill answer that anyone could say, it's like a vanilla plain cupcake. It's delicious. You probably presented it really nicely. Everyone's going to love it. But once you add the sprinkles, it's a wow. And the sprinkles are the specifics. Especially for my wife. She loves there her some go. sprinkles. Everyone does. That's why <laughs> you need them in fashion <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Okay. What's strategy number four to help deal and like calm your nerves during a pageant? Yes. So number four is you just got to give yourself a confidence boost. Okay. Now, how, how does one give themselves a confidence boost? So um, I'm going to read a response from Kyra Rachel, um, and she says, I do a power pose to allow testosterone levels to rise, which brings out confidence, and pray right beforehand, and I tell myself to channel my inner savvy shield. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. We did, a, well, we did a podcast a while ago about, about this sort of thing. So do you want to break mm -hmm. it down for everyone? Yeah. So I think it was like a year and a half ago we did this podcast, Stephen. It was one of our first. Um, and so when like certain body language, both like inter has a boat. Oh gosh, I don't want to say it. Certain body language has a huge impact on your performance and mentality, both physically and mentally. So, um, what, what, Kira Rachel, Kyra Rachel, I'm sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, what she's saying is there was a study that came out that if people who hold a Superman pose, like so legs about, hip width apart, hands on your hips, uh, chest puffed out like Superman, think about it, pretend there's a cape blowing in the wind behind you, hold that pose for um, like 30 seconds to a minute and like people actually felt an increased rush of confidence and adrenaline like 
like our follower was saying. And like, so there is a TED talk about power poses. If you are interested in the science behind this, that's where you're going to find the good stuff. Definitely not from me. Um, but I recommend watching because it's as simple as if, if you're feeling nervous and you can feel like everything from the tips of your fingers to your legs shaking and trembling before you go on stage, this might be something you can do in the wings while other people are performing until it's your time to stand there with your chest puffed out, hands on your hips, really great posture, and allow that testosterone level to rise so you can conquer the world. So good. And like we all are just... I mean, look at your fingerprints, look at your DNA. There is no one on the planet 100% like you. So regardless if it's a Superman pose or another pose or whatever, but these things that other people do that they extract confidence from or it helps them, it's a good place to start. And then you can modify it as you need it. And that's the whole thing with with pageantry and just with life. You, you take what you know has worked for other people based on interviews like this or just experiences, you apply it and then you tweak it, you modify it so that it, it works best for you. Exactly. And so what this does, like we already talked about a little bit of the science, watch the Ted talk for the real deal, but Superman feels is invincible. So he does this pose and he can do anything. So do this pose and you'll feel powerful and invincible and like you got nothing to lose. So build yourself up with like a physical hack like this in order to mentally prepare, and this will in turn, of course, calm your nerves. So great. Okay, strategy number five to calm your nerves. Strategy number five. So this is from Photogenic Photography with three Ys, and she says, I just try to talk to other contestants and have a laugh. It does wonders to put you at ease when you realize every everyone else is nervous too, and laughing helps you chill out. <laughs> that is true. I mean, I've, I've heard it said and I know I've shared this before on a, a, another episode, but it's impossible to be both grateful and like nervous or anxious at the same time. And like when you're laughing, I think it releases some sort of chemical in your mind, right? That helps you give that feeling of elation. I mean, I, I would guess that it releases endorphins, but I don't know that for sure. But I mean, they say laughter is the best medicine, right? Laughter makes everything feel lighter, right. feels like all the... The bad stuff just kind of melts when you laugh. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, it's I mean, it's good for the soul. So the B I B L E tells me. I was like, wait, what's the B I B L E? And then I <laughs> held it in my head. It's like I don't know that acronym, but here we are. Here we are. Okay, so um, so what to do? I what's I mean, because we read her, um, you, you read her Instagram comment. Yeah. But can you break it down for us and tell us a little bit more what to do? Yeah. So first of all, I feel like I would get along with photogenic photography so well. Um, like when, when I was like in my competing prime, I would dance backstage. Like that's how I got like my nervous energy out is whatever the music was that was on, I would be moving and grooving. Um, but interactivity and laughter have like the same positive effects that me releasing my dance moves has like, um, so just one of those things that like, works for you a little cropping um, session so, backstage so that's what you're what, doing a little crop, oh absolutely cropping oh, yeah. okay got it yeah uh-huh a lot of shopping cart um <laughs> I'm, I'm a, i have no dance skills whatsoever so it was just like maybe a mom dance maybe like some bottom lip bitten i don't know got like it. whatever right. yeah whatever however your mom dances for those listening that's how i would dance backstage to give you a visual <laughs> like but anyway, Bettis okay. on friends that's probably way before most of our audience but you like Elaine Bennis on, oh, oh, I, said, I, said, I said, I said friends, but yeah, Seinfeld. 
Yes, classic. Got it. Love it. Okay. So I will say like, yes, important to make friends and socialize and get these moments of laughter. But my only disclaimer is please, please, please stay focused on the task at hand. So what I mean by that is listen to directions, be focused in rehearsals. But that said, don't be afraid to let your guard down, have fun during breaks, transportation to and from the theater or the, the venue, et cetera. And like backstage when you are getting ready, like put yourself in a conversation, selfies with friends, helping them when they need it, um, et cetera. So don't lose sight of what you're there to do, like, but don't be cutthroat to the point where it kills your vibe, makes you unlikable and makes you miss out on these important experiences. Yeah. I... I do something very similar in, in thinking about what I do and like going backstage before I MC or anything like that. And most of the time I am goofy. Um, I make sure that I know the opening line or whatever before, but I have to loosen up because if not, um, it just goes very badly for me. Well, you'll be fine, right? Like we all get through it, right? With a positive attitude and like changing that mentality is the biggest deal. Like once you've made that mistake where you don't have the right mentality, you do it so much less. Is that true for you? Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, because you learn like what works for you. So like for me, I mean, I was 100% agreeing with uh, photogenic photography, why, why, why? Um, because like being goofy like that, it causes me to get relaxed Mm -hmm. Uh, before I go out, go out on stage and I always like when I'm emceeing or whatever, I know like my opening line, but as long mm -hmm. as I got that, the rest is just, okay, just be relaxed. And when you go out on stage, like I'll, I'll get it. Mm -hmm. um, so that hundred percent works for me, like what she's saying. And I would say trial and error too, because some people, when they get too relaxed, have an adverse effect. Like you said, like have that opening line like be in the moment, but be able to just let, like take a deep breath and let it happen. But if you are the kind of person that when you get silly, you lose focus, that's not a good way to perform. So find that balance, make sure you're not like being too goofy backstage or being too out of the zone. Yeah. And so how does this, you've touched on it a little bit, but just break it down for us. How does it really help? So this is very important because it keeps you humble and in touch with those around you. In any given pageant, like you're surrounded by contestants who are just as beautiful or attractive, confident, smart as you. And by recognizing all of like their worth first and foremost can really be an enlightening experience. And again, only one person leaves with the crown, but you will all leave with important relationships and memories and experiences. So enjoy learning from all of them, from their skills and appreciate each of them for it. That's a big deal. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So if you could just give us a, a wrap up of these uh, five different strategies or the episode as a, as a whole, what would that be? So overall, your best way to prepare for your pageant is constantly put yourself in uncomfortable positions. This is what we talked about at the very beginning of the call is making, finding ways to be uncomfortable. So by forcing your body and mind to adjust to stress on a regular basis, like you'll be more equipped to handle pageant day. Um, so I will say like a couple ways to do this would be to have mock interviews with different people on a regular basis. Um, when we do mock interviews, we have a couple of different coaches that contestants meet that way they're always on their toes. 
they don't get too comfortable with one versus another, et cetera, because you're going to have different judges. So put yourself in those positions. I would say reach out to places that are always looking for speakers or engagement, um, libraries, preschools, um, assisted living facilities, all of those are always looking for people to fill their, um, their social calendar. So find opportunities to put yourself out there, do regular mock interviews with different people. That way you can't adjust. Those are just a few ways that you can keep yourself on your toes. Yeah. I mean, this is handling your nerves is just like anything else in life. It's practice makes permanent and you find what works for you. You find little tricks of the trade and with that and with exercise, you can certainly make it happen. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't feel a hundred percent confident, like just know, no one really ever does feel a hundred percent confident when you're competing in a pageant. There's always question marks, but at least now if you've put time and energy into like putting yourself out there, you'll understand what your mind and body are going through and how you can react to the moment to set yourself up for success. So if you do get hives, is it putting ice on your chest beforehand to let them calm? If you are jittery and you fidget, what can you do? Is it like tapping your fingers on your thighs to get them to relax? What are those things you can combat? So once you're more aware of the problem, it's easier to fix the problem. That's great. And Jesse, if they wanted to work closer with you, how could they do that? So how they could do that is visiting pageantplanet.com backslash box, because as you know, all of our pageant coaching memberships now come with the pageant box. So you get um, different levels of coaching from unlimited written correspondence all the way up to unlimited virtual mock interviews and coaching sessions and pageant goodies every month. Thanks, Jesse, and thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for one's previous, please consider leaving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going.